This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Hey everyone, it's Carrie from All the Social Ladies, and I can't wait to introduce you to my next guest. Becca Alexander is the founder of Socialite, which is a really interesting agency model. They're both a casting agency for influencers, so they find influencers and help get them gigs. And they're also an agency that connects brands with influencers. So if you can imagine, that's a really great business model. They've got influencers in one pocket, they've got brands in the other pocket, and they're connecting them together to create magic. Take a listen. Welcome, Becca, to the show. Thank you. Excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here, and I love what you guys do at Thank Socialite. Thank you. So before we talk about Socialite, yep. I want you to tell me a little bit of your story, because I've read some background already, and I found it very- Was it scary? Was it very far back on Google? It was so far back. <laughs> no, I found it really inspiring. Don't now. Google so me. Tell me. Really do not Google. Photos. Do not Google. <laughs> so I love it. But tell me the story. Tell me your whole spiel. Give me your okay. whole story from the beginning of time. Of beginning of time. Okay. So- Born in the former Soviet Union, uh, grew up in Ukraine, moved to America in the 90s, mm -hmm. learned English. Perfectly, like, obviously. Definitely not. Perfect. Um, <laughs> very constantly being corrected by everyone around mm. me. Um, many years of ESL and then speech classes to get rid of my Russian accent, wow. which now makes me sound like a valley girl. I love it. It's so great. Everyone loves that. You do not sound like a valley. A little girl. bit. I, I it's fine. Then I great. start saying smart shit and yes. then people are I'm like, oh. oh, I got it. Amazing. Amazing. Yes. Uh, went to school for fine art. Okay. My parents were like, what are you doing with your life? I was like, I'm going to paint. Duh. Obviously. And they were like, go get a real career. And I was okay. like, great fashion design. And they were like, not really, but sure. Okay. So went to school for fashion design, decided I hated sewing was really interested in the behind the scenes of the industry, wanted to get into the business of it. Yeah. <clears throat> Had a mini dream of doing fashion show production for like Chanel. Okay. You know, um, yeah. And then got a job doing windows at Saks Fifth Avenue. <gasps> yeah, that was really fun. That was you like one of my favorite jobs. That. Very tedious. Lots of props. You should know a little bit about yes, props. Yes, yes. All about the props. <laughs> all about the props. It was whole, basically just, just an lots prop of studio. props. Yep, yep. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, and then decided that I wanted to move to New York. My okay. parents were like, we are not supporting this unless you either go back to school to get a real career or like a real education. Yeah. Or you do it on your own. So I was okay. like, do I move, you know, with Saks? Do I go back to school? And I was like, I eh, might as well go back to school. So came here, went to school for business, ended up doing a lot of really shitty internships okay. in sort of the fashion industry. Okay. Everything from getting coffee to, you know, running back and forth to the garment district. Oh. 
not fun. And then I fell into a sort of crowd of influencers. But at the time, they were like the young, cool kids in the industry. So they were kids who were just getting into like PR or kids who were like doing the door at like really cool events. Um, Was it before mm -hmm. at that point was being an influencer a thing? So you were an influencer in like your circle of people that right. you knew. Right. It just wasn't spread through social digital media. And it right? wasn't, it, was it like wasn't a, at the level where today you say influencer and you know exactly right. what that means. It's exactly. just like every other it influencer. It was like the local cool kids yes, totally. who then influenced each other by yes. their fashion choices right. or their haircut choices right. or like where they went and like, you know, where they party. Got it. And it was that world. Yep. Um, and then I got involved, you know, personally with someone who did nightlife production okay. and had just started a blog to talk about his parties and those cool kid influencers who attended the parties. Okay. The traffic grew because blogging was not around at the time. Mm-hmm. And as we, you know, kind of kept working together in a sense, um, and meeting all these like cool people. And I was trying to find my place in the world mm-hmm. through school and all that fun stuff. Um, I, asked him if I could write for the site, but take it in a more like fashion vertical. Okay. So talk about designers and things that were happening in the industry and news that people weren't necessarily talking about Mm -hmm. on the internet. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. And then for about three years, we grew the blog, um, made absolutely no money at the time I like graduated school. Um, again, blogging was not really a thing. <laughs> Were right? your parents like, what the hell are you doing? Yes. But basically, it's amazing. like when I called them for pizza money, they'd be like, go get a job. Get a job. And I'm like, any day now, any day now, something's going to happen. But you believed in it. I believed in it. Okay. Um, I was just very happy, like right. in my day to day. Yes. I was sort of, I felt like I was in the industry without being in it. I was right. sort of an outsider looking and talking about it. Right. Very Gossip Girl, I guess, or some version of that. There should be a good, go- they, they should make a Gossip Girl show, but about the influencer community. We're approached constantly for for influencer like TV related shows. Oh, you know, I can't wait like, to hear about yeah, this, but I don't reality. want to distract from your story because it's okay, back to me. Back, back to, to me. you. But by the way, side note, we need to come back to that. Done. Done. Easy. Done. Super easy. Go. So long story short, ran the blog for a couple of years, got it to reach about 5 million monthly uniques. Okay. Made no money, called our parents for pizza money, like every day, every day. to feed the people that were also freelance writing, yep. you know, for the site, et cetera, et cetera. And then we're like, we're done with this. Like I need to go get a real job. Okay. Uh, through this time, we'd made a lot of connections in, uh, kind of the, the digital social world. So brands that were just starting to spend money on traditional media. And as the social platforms started becoming more and more of a thing, yes. those brands started looking at those social platforms and profiles on like how to, how to build content for yep. them. So long story short, they came to us to consult them on creating content, but specifically for Twitter Mm. or specifically for Facebook. So a network specific sort of strategy. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So one of the first things that we did from a quote consulting capacity was we launched Louis Vuitton on Twitter Mm. and it was months and months of pre-planned tweets that had to be approved by of corporate, yeah. which was a whole thing. But after that, we are like, ooh, we're social media consultants. Right, and you take the fact that you launched Louis Vuitton's Twitter yep. and you run with it. Yeah, and you, and you say, run with here it. we are. Yep. Yep. So I started working Perfect. with H&M and Tiffany. We did a project with Gucci, did a project with Mercedes-Benz. Yes. 
helped H&M like really, did I say H&M already? You did, but I did. Good. Sorry. I apologize. No. Um, yeah, did all that. And at the end of the day, it was still like, there's not anything here yet. You know, yeah. there's like some money coming through for these types of projects, but it's not like enough to enough. build right off of this. And I actually got a phone call from Richemont, uh, one of the biggest luxury conglomerates in the space to come work for them and teach their team on behalf of the multiple brands. Working full time for them? Working full time, doing social digital marketing strategy, et cetera, et cetera. It was a very like unclear. It was a decent amount of money. And at the time, rent was very hard to pay. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go corporate. This is kind of what I've always wanted. Okay. I changed my entire like career trajectory. I'm like, I'm going to go work corporate. I'm going to prove to them that I can get shit done. Right. And I'm going to like rise, you know, the corporate ladder yep. and rule this shit. You were ready. You ready. said, okay, I'm going to reinvent. I'm going to be yep. a corporate girl. Here we go. Yep, exactly. Um, it was great. I mean, I, I can't <laughs> complain about it. My only qualm about it is after you blog and yes. you're in the world of social digital is a, you're used to things happening really, really fast. Yeah. Right. Like you come up with an idea, you get it done. Yeah. Like there's news trending. Yep. You post about it. Yeah. That right. in the corporate world that doesn't happen. Yeah. There's rules and regulations and approvals in Switzerland and all these other things. Yes. So that was really rough for me because I just come off like this sort of high of getting things done very, very quickly and then seeing results right away to be able to prove that something is working. On the other hand, I was also used to writing content 24 seven to keep the site going. Of course. Right. So that's how we were able to build so much traffic because we produced 130 stories a day Mm. that half of which I was responsible for. Mm. So I went to work at 9.30 when I came home at 5.30 and I was bored. You know, I didn't have much to do. And at the time I wasn't into hot yoga as much as I am now. (laughs) (laughs) So I would come home and just watch TV. And like for months it would be like, all right, I have this great job. I make decent money. I do what I do. I love the brands that I work for, but I'm bored. I'm bored both on a professional level. I'm bored on a personal level. So what do I do? Yep. So... I took on a bunch of clients for consulting again. Great. And kind of did that on the side. Yep. At that same time, this was about a year, year and a half into my, you know, corporate career. I had a lot of friends who had just started personal style blogs or started personal style blogging quote, you know, and they were coming to me and saying, I want to work with brands. And then the brands were like, Hey, there's this thing happening called, you know, influencers or at the yeah. time they were called bloggers, right? right. We're not allowed to right. use the term blogger anymore. Right. Correct. So they were like, there's these bloggers. Mm-hmm. How do we get them to feature our brand as their traffic grows? And as their sort of profile in the space grows, yeah. I was like, Oh, bloggers want brands. Brands want bloggers. Maybe there's something here. So I started doing the connecting while still at Cartier okay. and about three months later, went up to my boss and said, what's the chance of me ever getting promoted within this company? And he was very, very honest with me that it would take a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of things. And I was just like, okay, bye. You just, 
to me, you <laughs> seem to have a very, very entrepreneurial spirit. That's why yes. when I asked you, I said, how did that go? Because you're yeah. just so clearly an entrepreneur. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's it's very obvious to me in listening to, not that. only listening to your story, but just Thank getting you. to know you, you know, really incredible stuff. So you started doing it on the side. Yep. Now you go full time. So now I go full time. Okay. I had three brands that I was doing full time consulting for. Yep. Um, and at the time it was social consulting or social marketing, essentially yep. digital, like, and it was community management. Yep. That was like the bulk of what I was doing. Cause that's Which just makes where my sense. knowledge came and from. And at the time community management was so much of social media. It still is, exactly. but it's not in quite in the same way at all. Yeah. And I had a bunch of friends who I essentially got to sign a quote agency contract with yes. me. Correct to forward me any branded opportunities that I would negotiate into paid campaigns that I would take 10% of. So you became suddenly. Yeah. So I became a blogger slash blog mother. Oh, fairy blog mother. So that was the term that was like coined. Okay. Yes. So I was the fairy blog mother. Um, I signed three influencers when I sort of started socialite without quote, starting socialite. Yeah. Um, because the company wasn't filed into a company until about six or eight months later. Okay. And I was like, oh, this is, this might this be might a, be a company, company, an actual company, not yeah, just versus you consulting. Just like me consulting yep. and trying to make the same amount of money I worked at yep. corporate. Yep. So I took on three influencers. The first campaign I negotiated for one of the influencers um, was $50, and I took 10% of that. Amazing. And I was like, holy shit, the there's $5. definitely something here. here. I made $5. Yes. And then that just sort of became how do I do this more? Do I sign more bloggers? Do I need more brands? Do I need employees? What do I need? Yes. And it was just figuring it out, right? Yes. Because in when you're blogging for yourself and you're not blogging from a personal capacity, because my face was never on the blog that right. I, you know, right. was running, right. right? And theirs was, so it was a completely different content strategy for yes. them. It was about how do I help them build how do I get the brands to spend money on what they're doing and not $50, right? right. How do I get them to spend $500 right. and what does that look like? Right. So it was just essentially me figuring things out along the way. Awesome. And then I think two months in, I hired one employee and then a couple months later, I hired another employee and it kind of grew from there and everything was about figure it out because it was a new industry. No one was doing what I was attempting to do, yep. right? Brands didn't understand the space. The influencers didn't know what the opportunities were. And it was just kind of like almost riding the wave. Yeah until it maybe hit a wall, which luckily it hasn't. Yes. And it not only yeah. has it not hit a wall, yep. it grew because it grew significantly. Because now influencer marketing is yep. a hot topic and something that's very, very important to a social yep. media marketing strategy. What I love about socialite Everything, everything, all the things. But what I really love was your angle of not only are you working with the brands, mm-hmm. but you're also talent repping the influencers, yeah. yeah, which is really a great differentiator for it you guys. Very much is. And there's been, I couldn't even tell you how many strategy conversations that, you know, we've had internally about getting rid of one side or getting rid right. of the other side of the business. Right. Because when we go into pitch to a brand who doesn't know what we do specifically just knows that they need influencers. Right. We always tell them we have two sides. You know, there's the management right. side where we represent talent. Right. And that side of the business runs very specifically. Yep. And then there's the branded side yep. on which we are influencer agnostic. So yep. we will always push our own represented talent. But if they don't make sense for the brand, 
they're never going to be part of that campaign. So tell me, yeah. so now we've talked about that you rep influencers and you also work with the brands. Yes. And earlier I said, oh, oh my goodness, there needs to be some kind of TV show, something about these influencers. And you said, I, need, and I, I quote, need a TV show. And you need them. a TV show. But I, and I quote, I'm going, I'm going yes. to reenact. Now listeners, you'll tell me how okay. well I do. Ready? Yes. Yeah, no. <laughs> I close, think channels, channels, so back up. So tell me why not talk to me about influencers and, and how, how they should be working. Tell me about what you get approached to do and why or why not. That's a good sure. Idea. So at this sort of point in, in the agency world, yep. right at socialite, um, the influencers, and we're, we're essentially right now just talking about the influencer division, right? Correct. So we have about a hundred influencers who are assigned to us okay. for management and okay. representation, okay. which means, you know, to people who don't know, it's a very sort of traditional agency model. Yep. All of their opportunities get funneled through us, through their direct talent manager within the agency. You know, we take a the cut. Fee, yeah, we yep. take a cut essentially on those deals. Yep. And those deals are varied. Every single deal is very different, very specific. Yep. So what has very much remained consistent on the influencer side is that they are fully in control of their own content. Mm. So everything they put out there, whether it's a tweet, whether it's an Instagram photo, whether it's a video, whether it's a blog post, whatever that is, they control it. They create the content, they edit it, they post it and everything is curated. Mm -hmm. Now we're at a point where you're not just, you know, Instagramming of what Instagram was years ago mm -hmm. where you're just posting something. Right. Everything is timed. Everything is strategic. Everything is a specific filter. It's all a color. It tells a story, et cetera, et cetera. So the reason I'm saying the TV won't work is because you're not going to get them to do something that they are not in a hundred percent control of. They, if that makes sense. Yes. So they it control must everything be, though, that goes out. So then, mm -hmm. Becca, it must be mm -hmm. very difficult <laughs> to be on the brand side. And now, see, this all makes sense to me because you talk about, as an agency, being kind of in the middle. Like, yep. it must be very challenging for a brand to be like, okay, I'm going to pay you lots and lots of money. So much. You're going to be in complete control. Yep. And I, you know, can have some suggestions, but ultimately, it's really up to you. And Sure. Talk to me about that challenge with the brand and yep. why it's still worth it to do it. It's always worth it. Yes. Um, so two different sort of sides to yep. answer your question. Yep. On the talent side, mm -hmm. right? When an opportunity comes into the talent, mm -hmm. the talent essentially vets it first. Yep. Saying like, you know, this brand emailed me, I want to work with them, forwards it to their manager. Yep. That manager is essentially, quote, fighting on behalf of that talent, right. right? They know their talent. They know what kind of content they create, what kind of projects they do, their rates, et cetera, et cetera, what sort of packages look like. And they negotiate on behalf of that talent. Mm -hmm. Everything is done in accordance mm -hmm. to what that talent wants to mm -hmm. do. And it's finding the middle ground between what the brand is looking for, but mostly what the talent wants to do. Mm. And usually the brand comes to the talent and says, I know I want to work with you, but I don't necessarily know what I want to do. Here's my budget. And the manager of that talent comes up with the campaign using the influencers creative on how to best represent mm -hmm. the brand and create that content. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. Great. <laughs> On the brand side, it's yeah. very different. Yeah. So brand emails one of our, you know, people, Brand, account people, account yep. people. Yep. Thank you. I'm like one of them, <laughs> one of the people, one of the people, yes. um, Hello, one of the people. hustlers Hello, hustler. <laughs> and says, 
this is what I want to promote. This is the product or the service. And here's how much money I have. Yeah. What is the strategy? Yeah. You know, what does the content look like? What are the deliverables? And then who are the influencers? Yep. So the brand dictates more of that side of the business. Right. Because what we do is cast influencers that make the most sense for everything that the brand wants. There's still some sort of middle ground, right? Because at the end of the day, we get offers all the time for brands that come to us and say, well, we've already created the content. They just need to post it. And here's a and shit that's ton of money. A no go. It's a no go. It's Not a interested. No go. Don't care. Yep. I wish I had a random account that just did that and we could make a shit ton of money yep. off that. Yep. But that's not how it works. Yep. What we try to do on that side is educate the brand on the strategy yep. that the influencer knows their audience best. And this is how they're going to promote this brand by trying to take all the directions that the brand wants and sort of tell them what is and isn't possible. And so if the connection, if it's mm-hmm. a right fit, it yep. becomes less of an issue yes. because it's a right fit between yep. the brand and the influencer. Exactly. It's and that's where the casting comes in. Exactly. So that's why we consider ourselves a casting agency first and foremost, Love because it. for us, any brand can come to us and say, this is what I want to do and the product I want to promote. And this is my budget. And we will always cast the right influencer, whether there's someone who's on our internal roster or they're part of the network. Fabulous. And the network is relatively large mm-hmm. um, and global. And we've cast everything from, I mean, obviously fashion and beauty is the bread and butter of our business, but we've gone very heavy into lifestyle in the past two years, which includes travel and automotive and spirits and, you know, all of those fun, different brands. I mean, we get those strangest requests sometimes (laughs) and we're like, Hmm, I don't know if we like have a, you know, clown who has 300,000 followers. But I bet you, you could probably find one. We could probably do some research. (laughs) Just not sure if we like as socialite want to put our name behind it. It's pretty impressive. I mean, at the end of the day, we've said no to a lot of brands that we don't feel are Are the the right right fit fit for Mm -hmm. not only us as an agency Mm -hmm. that like we won't stand behind. Like, for example, we won't stand behind any, um, like cigarette brand, like tobacco, e-cigarettes, all that stuff. They have a shit ton of money. I wish we did, but we don't have a lot of influencers who will promote the product. So we just don't deal with it. So talk to me about this. I get a lot of questions actually from people outside of our industry. Uh, Go to parties. That's my favorite. Go to parties. Go somewhere. Somebody says, I want to be an influencer. I want to be an influencer. Okay. (laughs) Talk to me about this. Can somebody, can somebody actually just say, "Uh, yes, Done. Um, I want to be an influencer. What do I, what do I do? Like, talk to me about that. Somebody who aspires to be an influencer. Sure. Can it be done? What are the steps? And, uh, so I guess the the question I'm asked all the time is, can you build an influencer? Yeah. You know, can you just take someone off the street who's and make them an influencer? Yeah. Who's relatively cute or pretty and has decent style and looks good in photos and is young. Can you make them into an influencer? Yep. Technically, sure. Why not? I mean, it's it's like any other girl who picks up her camera and says, I'm going to learn Photoshop and I'm going to start an Instagram account. Mm-hmm. And here they all are. Mm-hmm. Right. They mm-hmm. did it at some point. Mm-hmm. It is much harder today than it was years ago. Yeah. Right. Which is why a lot of the influencers who are very large today started a long time ago, a long time ago and sort of developed their their following and grew their following, developed their content strategy and et cetera, et cetera. 
If I had a, even a dollar for every mom that has emailed the agency and said, how much can I pay you to make my teenage daughter, you're a mom, um, into, you yeah. know, the next yeah. big time influencer. So Ugh. she too can make $10,000 a post. Ugh. And we laugh at every single one of them. I, not because should. it's funny, because it's sad. Well, <laughs> sorry. I didn't say mom, it. mom reaction, That's mom reaction mom, for sure. Mom first social media person. Yeah. Second. I mean, my 15 year old niece yeah. wants to grow up to be an influencer uh, who I, you know, rep. will rep. Yes. And I'm like, go to college. Right. Get right. a job. Right. Look, you've if become you become your parents. On the side, you have officially become your parents. I'm horrible. Right don't That's even. Amazing. Yes, yes, amazing. yes, 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 yes. I don't want to crush people's dreams. Right. I just think that there's. It's much harder. I, it's much I harder. Think, I do think that the only way to do that. Mm-hmm. So I, I've had almost an identical interview Mm -hmm. many years ago with a very, very popular mom blogger. And like, Yes, it's much Great. harder today. No, but think of it. Yes, you're just like a mom blogger. I was just, just going to say that. No, 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 no. But but that how much harder it was. Like, could anyone be a mom blogger today? Right. It's like, no, it's much harder because this was an emerging thing. So if there's an emerging network mm-hmm. and emerging different content type, yeah. I think there's more of an opportunity to jump in at that sure. point early. Because like you said, it's like they get in right very early they get in early i mean the besides talking about like the technicalities of why it's more difficult to currently grow on instagram let's just say right to develop a following without getting into like instagram analytics um and formulas it's harder to create content that is unique that's at the end of the day what it really is right what differentiates you from every other content creator out there like what do you have that someone else hasn't done yet yep and growing that. So what we do on the agency side is, of course, every day we get a ton of emails from aspiring influencers. Mm-hmm. They're usually already somewhere. They're yep. usually, you know, they've been doing it for a year. They've maybe got to 10,000 followers or 20,000 followers or something like that on their own. Yep. And then we sort of vet them and we internally decide, are they worth assisting, helping, nurturing, cultivating, right? Because there's people who still have that like oomph, you know, we look at someone's content, we're like, oh, she's going to be big at some point. Mm -hmm. If we could just support her by connecting her to other influencers or connecting to the right photographers or helping with her content strategy and sort of helping her grow or him at this point, um, then it, it could be worth it, right? Because yeah. we also want to cultivate talent. Yep. That's what we've done on the agency side because five years ago, all of these people had 10,000 followers right. and now they have millions of followers right. and we're at right. a point where it's worth it to manage them and represent them and make money off of them. Yep. But it's it's just harder, mm. right? It's harder, but there's so many people doing it. I don't remember the exact statistic, but I feel like I read somewhere that there's a new blog created every like three minutes on WordPress. God. I can only imagine what the status for that and blogging on Instagram and blogging is not even, yeah. not even, even a, a thing, thing, right? It's not a thing. We have influencers coming to us now and saying, you know, I'd like to discuss the strategy behind getting rid of my blog because yeah. I'm now only going to focus on Instagram. Right. And we're very torn because at the end of the day, if anything ever happens to Instagram, and I'm not saying that it will, but if some, you know, Russian hacker comes in and deletes Instagram, yep. a lot of people are fucked. Yeah. You know, from yep. a business perspective. Yeah, they've built their businesses on Facebook. Exactly. And Instagram and, Instagram, and Twitter Snapchat even and, and Snapchat things, yes. and Vine and you yes, know, YouTube yes. and all well, these Vine other. Went away. That's a good example of the Vine influencers that did it. Yeah. Ish. So, so we never got into Vine, which is very interesting, but we did get Luck, heavily lucky. get into yeah, Snapchat. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. a whole other conversation whole other, probably. Whole other story for another yeah. day. Tell me what's next for Socialite and for you. Yep. So we are 
looking to get more into internal content development on Mm -hmm. behalf of brands. Mm -hmm. So what we realized in the past year to two years is that brands are not only utilizing the influencers for their own channels, like for the influencers channels, right? Mm -hmm. They also want the influencers content because they need to feed their own channels with more and more and more content in order to stay relevant. So a lot of our campaigns now have built in added content. So let's say you book influencer A, not only is that influencer going to post on their end, they're also going to provide you five additional images that you can have full usage Great. rights to. Great. Because the influencer is most likely shooting 3,000 photos of Great. that one thing anyway. So they get like an exclusive photo that they can post on the brand Exactly. Side. I love it. That we, you know, add usage and licensing fees yep. and all that fun stuff yep. depending on what they want to use that content yep. for. So a lot of our, you know, business is actually transitioning into content creation. Yep. We have a lot of brands that then come to us and say, I like the look and feel of these influencers. How do I get my content to look like that? Yeah. And a lot of times it's the same photographer that might shoot yeah. these people. So now we're booking the photographer to create more still life content on behalf of the brand, or we're paying the influencer who's responsible for the content to create more still life content. Awesome. And we're essentially giving brands packages of images that they can use. So this year we launched a division of Social Light called Social Light Studio, where mm-hmm. we are essentially providing brands that content mm-hmm. that is both still life content plus video content. That's great. So we just did our first video project at Coachella on behalf of four different brands, That's including great. an overall sort of sizzle of what we can do. That's great. So a lot of our influencers um, either have been on YouTube for a long time or want to get into the YouTube space, want to do video. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at best ways to support them through production, through you know helping them develop sort of more narrative content, not just haul style videos mm-hmm. that to me are going to go extinct at some point. Yeah. You know, so how do we get them to your point to almost create their own TV shows, right. but control all the content. Right. So how do we get someone to create their own episodes yep. that have enough narrative and enough meat to them that are still branded, yes. you know, that could be interesting for someone to watch mm-hmm. as a maybe potential series. Awesome. Yeah. Look, bringing it all back to the yeah. same question I asked you earlier. I'm basically so not really, I, just I love it. I saw it. It's not even, that's the thing. It just went from, yeah, no, to maybe just a little bit differently. <laughs> I love it. Yes. I love it. So Becca, where should people follow you slash connect with you? How, how focused are you on your own influence, by the way? Ugh, um, that's a sort of, yeah. <laughs> um, not so much, unfortunately. Yep. Um, I sort of go up and down on yep. my own feed. So yep. I have my own Instagram account. Yep. It's under at Becca Alexander on Instagram. It's basically just photos of me. Yep. Uh, what I wear on a daily basis. Yep. It hasn't grown in a very long time. Mm-hmm. I maybe post a photo every couple mm-hmm. of days if I sort of feel like it, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, it's not a priority and there's days where I just forget to yep. do it. Yep. Um, unless I'm like on the subway and I'm like, Oh, what do I do right now out mm-hmm. of the bajillion? things I have to do. Oh, maybe I'll post a photo. Right. Well, it's what you said earlier about when you, can you build an influencer? It's like, they have to focus on it a hundred percent. Yes. It has to be a full time, right? It has to be curated. It has to be shot. It's just way more strategic. Plus at the end of the day, I own like 20 outfits. So it's basically (laughs) the same shit over and over again. And plus if you're looking at influencers all day, I would imagine Uh, you're highly critical of like my own. Yes. Your own, like when you're looking at your own stuff and you're putting it together, you're like, no, that's not good enough. Or like, you know, cause you're seeing the best of the best. I'm seeing the best of the best. I mean, I also go 
the first thing I do every morning yep. before I even like put my contacts or yep. my glasses on or go yep. get a cup of coffee is yep. I lay in bed and I scroll through like 3000 feeds. Yeah, I'm sure. A, to see what our influencers are doing and what kind of content they're posting yep. and where they're going with their own channels, but B, to see what brands are doing yep. or looking at influencers who are potentially signed to our, you know, other agencies to see what brands they're working That's with. That's great. It's, it's a lot of like just research yep. in my world yep. of what's happening in the space and what's awesome. going on. Um, and then taking it back to the team and saying, Hey, I saw this, or this is interesting, or I saw, you know, a sponsored Instagram for this. How do we it's great. do better, you know, awesome. or something else? Um, yeah. So then by that point, I'm just like, I don't even want to look at my own account because yep. I'm digesting so many yep. and I don't ever want there to be confusion between me doing anything branded. Right. So my bio actually says I don't do hashtag ad, but I know people who do. Ah, very cute. I love it. Love it. Go check it out right now. Becca Alexander. She is amazing. And check out Socialite. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com. This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com.